Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What's happening, everybody? Greg Ehrenberg here from Stochastic.com. We're about to break down UFC 290, headlined by Alexander Volkanovsky taking on Yair Rodriguez. So if you guys could do me a favor as you come in, like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we're sponsored by DraftKings Rainmakers. So if you guys want to go check out Rainmakers, there's a link below that when you click on it, it is going to take you over to the Rainmakers page on DraftKings, and you can get a totally free starters pack for PGA. No risk to you at all, 100% free chance to make some money, and you're going to get to pick a stud golfer that comes with that pack. So John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, a couple of the stud options that you get to choose from when you're picking out that starters pack. But let's go ahead and talk about tomorrow's UFC slate. I'm going to be running through some of my top targets of the card and then also be building out some Rainmakers lineups at the end of this. And really interesting card, especially from a DraftKings perspective, when we're building out classic lineups. So for Rainmakers, it's Pretty simple this week, right? We can mix and match some of the big favorites. But for just the classic contest, we have a ton of massive favorites. There are a lot of top prospects that the UFC looks like they're trying to put over this weekend. So what they have done here is they've given a bunch of really winnable matchups to young prospects like Bo Nickel, like Tetsuro Tyra. Get these guys a win. Get them on a pay-per-view where they really get a lot of exposure. And as a result, we've got like minus... 2,500 favorite Bo Nickel. We've got a minus 1,200 favorite Tetsuro Tyra. We've got Jack Della Maddalena right around a minus 1,000 favorite taking on opponent on short notice. So it's going to be hard to figure out what to do with underdogs where you have all these big, highly priced favorites in good matchups on DraftKings, but it's really hard to find the salary savings to be able to pay up for them. So going to walk through how I'm going to be handling that as we go through here. But first, I want to talk about a couple of the title fights that we have on the card. First one here, Alexander Volkanovsky against Yaya Rodriguez. It is the headlining fight of this pay-per-view. And I certainly think that Yaya Rodriguez is live to win. It probably would have to come by knocking out Volkanovsky with a head kick. But I think that Volkanovsky is fairly safe in this matchup, especially if he ends up implementing his wrestling because Yaya Rodriguez has not shown the best takedown defense. It was a massive issue for him earlier in his career when he was up and coming through the ranks. And if you guys remember when he was stopped by Frankie Edgar quite a few years ago now, but was really dominated on the ground in that fight. And we haven't seen him fight too many wrestling type fighters or fighters that could implement a wrestling based game plan. And even against some non wrestling fighters, we've still seen them have wrestling success against Yair Rodriguez. Most notably, Max Holloway took down Rodriguez three times. Jeremy Stevens took down Yair Rodriguez three times. These are not fighters that are landing three takedowns in fights typically. So this is something that if Volk decides to go to, we've seen Volk land takedowns in fights. It's been a minute, right? We haven't really seen him go to that wrestling all that often lately, but we know he has it in his back pocket. And I think he could really dominate this fight on the ground 
if he chooses to go that option. Now, if it plays out on the feet, I still would expect Volk to win. But the easiest path to victory would be the wrestling and grappling for him. And if we look at some of the fights for Volkanovski, you know, recent fights, he's not taking down Islam Mahachev. He did take down Chan Sung Jung four times. He took down Max Holloway three times in their second fight. And then, you know, not a lot of wrestling for Volk, except if you go back and look at some of his earlier career fights, he took down Kasuya three times. He took down Hirota four times. He took down Shane Young five times. So it is something we know he could go to. I would not be shocked to see this be the game plan of Volkanovski. Shoot the takedowns, dominate Yair Rodriguez. We have Volk projected with the best overall projection on our site. And in addition to that, we do him with the best odds in our Rainmakers projections of being the highest scoring fighter on the card. So Volkanovski, I do think is a really strong payup option. And he gives us a little bit of salary savings relative to fighters like Bo Nickel, like Jack Tella Madalena, like Tetsuro Tyra, which is appealing on a fight where we are really struggling for value and every hundreds of dollars in salary is going to help us. Now we've got Brandon Moreno against Alessandre Pantoja in the co-main event. Another great fight. And these two have already fought twice. Both those fights did end up going to Pantoja. Neither of them took place recently, but it's still notable that that happened, especially when Pantoja is such a big underdog in this fight, and we are struggling to find underdogs. So I think Pantoja's a live underdog, and even if he loses, I don't really expect an early finish from Moreno. And just considering all the expensive fighters that have big upsides on this card, there's a very live possibility that we see an underdog that loses but scores, say, 40, 50 fantasy points ends up being in an optimal lineup. And that is the path that I see here for Pantoja, is not only could he potentially win, but he also might put up a decent score even in a loss. So I don't mind taking shots on Pantoja and even Yair Rodriguez for that matter, just to give us the salary savings. But I do prefer Pantoja over Yair Rodriguez, just because I think he's more alive and more likely to win. But talking about those fights that these two have had in the past, one of them isn't going to show up on the stats page here because... The first fight between Pantoja and Brandon Moreno took place on the Ultimate Fighter. But when they fought in the UFC, Pantoja outlanded Moreno 79 to 45. He went up, he won a pretty clear decision there. I do worry about Pantoja's cardio if this gets into the fourth and fifth round. We haven't really seen that from him. We have seen Moreno fight into those rounds, and Pantoja at times has been tired in the third round of some of his three-round fights. So I do think Moreno is more likely to win, but relative to the price points, I prefer Pantoja for DraftKings purposes. Now let's talk about some of the payup options because there are a number of them that are in a really, really good spot this weekend. The one that's going to stand out the most to a lot of people is Bo Nickel, who I'm likely to be pretty heavily underweight to when I'm building out my DraftKings lineups. In my initial run of lineups, which I'll pull up on my other screen just to see what my exact exposure was. So I ended up with, right around 20% exposure to Bo Nickel on my initial run. And we have him projected for around 40% ownership. Now, is that because I think Bo Nickel is going to lose? Absolutely not. I don't even think that's really within the realm of possibilities that Bo Nickel loses this fight. But here's one problem that I see potentially is his upside against Val Woodburn in this matchup. What happens if Bo Nickel gets a relatively quick takedown, but does not get a finish within the first minute? This could be a scenario where Bo Nickel gets like a takedown, three or four significant strikes, a submission, scores right around 100 fantasy points with some of the control time, and that could be it for his fantasy scoring. I think he's really reliant on a 60-second win to get that uh, quick win bonus over on DraftKings. If he doesn't get it, 
I think it's going to be tough for him to pay off his salary, especially relative to all these other high-end pay-up options. If Volk wins and Bo Nickel also wins, I think Volk outscores him more often than not just based on the fact that he's five rounds to work with and Bo Nickel might just win with so little resistance that he doesn't score super well on DraftKings. So Bo Nickel, great play for Rainmakers. He's basically a free win and probably a free first-round finish. But I do think there are fighters on this card that have higher upsides because Bo Nickel is so reliant on that quick finish bonus. So uh, probably a hot take here, but fighters like Bo Nickel, Jack Della Maddalena, Tetsuro Tyra, great plays for Rainmakers, but I'm going to be underweight to all of them for classic DraftKings contests just because I find the salaries to be a little bit difficult to get to. There are very few underdogs that I actually do like on this card, but going to talk about some of them in a second. One of them that does stand out to me is Camuela Kirk against Esteban Rebovitz. The main reason is because Rebovitz is questionable takedown defense. If you look at his last fight against Loic Radzibov, Rebovitz was taken down 11 times in that fight. Now, Camuela Kirk is coming up a weight class, which is a little bit concerning because is the size difference going to nullify some of the wrestling advantage that Camuela Kirk has potentially? But like I said, there's so few underdogs that I really feel decently about. And Kemwella Kirk is a black belt. He also has the ability just based on the takedown defense we've seen from Rivovitz in his UFC debut. There is a path here where we see Kirk land four, five, six takedowns, maybe even get himself a submission. And just based on how few underdogs there are with a realistic chance to win, there's a chance not only for Kirk to realistically win this, but also score really well for DraftKings purposes. So I think this fight is fairly close to a 50-50 outcome. Either Rebovitz is going to knock out Kemwella Kirk on the feet if Kirk can't land takedowns, or Kirk is able to land takedowns, and then I think he might look fairly dominant in this fight. So Kirk, I think, is a live underdog that I want to take some shots on. Another underdog that I like. Let's find this fight. Robbie Lawler against Nico Price. Is Robbie Lawler washed? Absolutely. Is Nico Price also washed? Absolutely which is why I just think the line is a little bit too wide for this fight. And I do like Robbie Lawler as an underdog. I've never been super high on Nico Price. He also has some very bizarre wins on his record and has not looked good at all in his recent fights. So if we look back at Nico Price's career and some of his recent results as well, like he was looking good in the early going against Phil Rowe, but then gets finished late in the third round, getting knocked out on the feet by Phil Rowe. Not really a great look for Nico Price. He did have the decision win over Alex Oliveira. But very little happened in that matchup between Nico Price and Cowboy Oliveira. It was a pretty low output fight. Wasn't great for fantasy purposes. Before then, he got dominated by Michelle Pereira. Before that, he had a no contest against a very washed Donald Cerrone. So Price did win two out of the three rounds, but Cerrone won one of those rounds. And there was also an eye poke, which led to a point deduction for Nico Price. He had the fight against Luque where he got knocked out. Super weird fight against James Vick where Price was in bottom position, lands an upkick that knocked out James Vick, James Vick, and Vick was super washed at that point. But the other thing, too, that's concerning about Nico Price in his recent fights is that he looks extremely slow to me. He's also had numerous knee injuries. He's wearing knee sleeves on both of his knees. It Just something looks off to him. Even if he isn't super old, he doesn't have the mileage on him that Robbie Lawler does. I think both these guys are washed fighters. Lawler, admittedly, is probably a little more washed than Nico Price's, but just in the interest of trying to find cheap fighters that I think have a realistic path to victory and could maybe score well, it would not stun me if Robbie Lawler was to win this fight by knockout. The line is extremely wide. I'm not going to be betting Robbie Lawler, but I will be playing him on DraftKings 
when I'm looking for underdogs that I think of a realistic chance to win with upside. Looking for some contrarian options on the high end now, there's a couple that stand out to me. One is Jasmine Urge against Denise Gomes. So uh, Waregi here, and by the way, I'm still not exactly totally positive how to pronounce her name. I've heard some people say uh, Waregi. I've seen some people say Uruguay. But either way, I'm very impressed with her as a young prospect. She has put out a lot of output in the fights we've seen from so far and also a lot of power in Uruguay's hands. So her going up against Denise Gomes, I think that there's a big power advantage for Aregi. And another thing, too, is I think she makes a good bet to finish inside the distance. Plus 195 is the best available line for her to win via knockout over on FanDuel. That is a bet that I have for this card. As of right now, it's the only bet that I have placed. The main reason is just so many of these lines are so wide. It's hard for me to find value I really like. Like, Yeah, I think Tyra is going to win his fight probably by submission, but he's like minus 250 to win by sub. Jack Jack Dallamedalena is like minus 200 to win in the first round. Bo Nichols like minus 400 to win in the first round. So super juice lines that are hard to bet. But I do like Waregi, like I said, plus 195 to win by knockout. If I have any additional bets, I'll throw them into our chalkboard channel, which is free to check out. There's a link for that below. But uh, Waregi by knockout, we've seen her so far land 6.35 significant strikes per minute. She landed a couple knockdowns against Estela Nunes in her last fight and ended up getting her out of there in the second round. I think a lot of people are going to be gravitating towards the, the Tyras, the Bo Nichols of the world. So give me some salary savings, and I'll take a little bit of a chance here on Waregi, not only to bet to win by knockout, but also as a contrarian payoff option on DraftKings. The same thing goes for Robert Whitaker. I know a lot of people are on Drekus Duplessis in this matchup. There has been some line movement towards Duplessis over the course of the week. Not a significant amount, but a little bit. And I am not on that same page at all. I think Duplessis is terrible. A lot of his fights are extremely, extremely weird. Kind of like what I was talking about with Nico Price before. Because you look at this run that Duplessis has had in the UFC. And by the way, just based on the results, he does deserve a fight against Robert Whitaker. And if he does get past Robert Whitaker, he's deserving of a title shot. I just don't think that is going to happen. If you look at Duplessis, his first fight against Marcus Perez was fairly competitive on the feet. And then Marcus Perez went for like a spinning back fist, got out of position, gets hit with a shot that was behind the head by Duplessis, ends up folding Marcus Perez. The fight against Trevin Giles... Nothing happened in the first round. Then Giles just gets flash KO'd in the second round. Pretty competitive fight against Brad Tavares. I know he wasn't credited with a takedown, but Tavares did actually land a takedown in the first round of that fight. Held a bunch of top position, then for whatever reason, just didn't decide to shoot takedowns the rest of the fight. I think he would have won that fairly comfortably if he did shoot takedowns. The fight against Darren Till. Till was apparently fighting on a torn ACL and offered zero resistance in the takedowns. And then the Derek Brunson fight, Brunson cleanly wins the first round, arguably a 10-8 over Duplessis, nearly finishes him. And then Derek Brunson, just Derek Brunson, totally gassed out and nothing left. So Duplessis seen so little resistance and is at such bizarre fights that it's really hard for me to put all that much stock into him. Whereas Robert Whitaker, he would be the champion of this division if Israel Adesanya did not exist. I would have favored Whitaker to win a fight against Alex Pereira. And now we've got him against Duplessis. And I think Whitaker's just going to wipe the floor with him. He's got really good striking differential here. Lands 4.48 significant strikes per minute, absorbs 3.26. So much better striking defense for Robert Whitaker, 61% compared to 53% for Duplessis. But the other thing to note here as well, Whitaker has fought infinitely more difficult competition than Duplessis. So the line right now is right around minus 375. 
I expect Whitaker to win. I expect Whitaker to finish Duplessis as well. So I think he's somebody else that we could look at as a little bit of a contrarian play for DraftKings purposes. One other fight that I think we should really be targeting is Jimmy Crute against Alonzo Menafield. This fight is minus 150 to finish under one and a half rounds at the time that I'm recording this video. And we've already seen these guys fight once. We'll pull up the stats for it. It was the last fight for each of them. And it was an interesting one. They were actually, ironically enough, on the undercard of Volkanovsky's last fight against Islam Makachev. And in the first round of that fight, it was a 10-8 round for Alonzo Menafield. He knocks down Jimmy Crute, nearly finishes him. He also had a knockdown in the second round over Jimmy Crute. But still, Crute was able to rally. And I think arguably, you can make a case that he won the first or the second round of that fight. It was really weird because Menafield landed the knockdowns. But still, Jimmy Crute was able to land takedowns, held a lot of control time. Four out of five takedowns in the first round of their first fight. Two and a half minutes of control time. A minute and a half of control time in the second round of that fight. And then also landed a takedown. So ultimately, this fight ended up being a majority draw. And I think it's a very close fight, but one that I do think should finish inside the distance more often than not. If Kurt wins, he's able to land takedowns, potentially submits Alonzo Menafield. If Menafield wins, it's probably a first or second round knockout. And just given, once again, I hate to harp on just the same point and, and sound like a broken record, but there are very few underdogs to like on this card. So when we have a mid-range fight, that's fairly likely to finish inside the distance and score well for the winner. It becomes a really high priority fight to give us salary savings and a high score that we're not very likely to get from any other spot. So Alonzo Menafield against Jimmy Crute. I lean a little bit towards the Menafield side. I'm usually more in favor of the wrestler grapplers in these matchups, but Jimmy Crute got hurt so bad multiple times in that first fight. And I don't really think all that much is going to change. I do think more often than not, Menafield does knock out Jimmy Crute in this matchup, but uh, worth playing both sides in GPPs for sure. One other fight that I want to highlight. Where is it? Here we go. Jalen Turner against Dan Hooker. I think the most likely outcome in this fight is that Jalen Turner knocks out Dan Hooker. Hooker's had very questionable durability in his recent fights. But if Dan Hooker is able to implement a wrestling-based game plan, which we haven't seen frequently from Hooker, but we've seen times where he shot for takedowns, Jalen Turner can be taken down. I know his 74% takedown defense on paper doesn't look bad, but Gamrat was able to take him down four times. Matt Favola was able to take him down four times. By and large part, Jalen Turner's not fought very many fighters that are capable of wrestling. And when he has been in those matchups, they've been able to get him down. So Dan Hooker, I would like to see him come out here and wrestle. If he tries to stand and trade with Jalen Turner, Jalen Turner is more dangerous on the feet. I think he's more durable than Hooker. Hooker probably gets knocked out, but... We saw Hooker take down Dustin Poirier four times. We saw him take down Nazrat Hackprest three times. It's something that he is capable of doing. I just hope that that's his game plan. And if that's the case, I think he's a live underdog in this spot against Jalen Turner. Both sides make sense. Because like I said, I think the most likely scenario is a Turner knockout. But a Hooker win likely does score him well and probably comes with takedowns. Some other payup options that I'll highlight here really quickly. We have uh, Cameron Simon. I think that he probably finishes Terrence Mitchell. Victor Petrino, I think he probably finishes Marcin Prakniau. There's been a lot of line movement towards Prakniau over the course of the week. Here's the issue I have with him for a DFS purpose, is even if Prakniau wins the fight, he's so low output and doesn't really have a lot of finishing equity that I do worry about, even in a win, how well will Prakniau score? So you look at some of these recent fights for Prakniau. He fought, was basically a punching bag in William Knight. William Knight didn't move. 
He didn't throw any strikes. And we still only saw Prakniel land 79 significant strikes. Also was not able to finish William Knight in that matchup. We saw Prakniel land 74 significant strikes in a decision loss to Felipe Linz. Against Roundtree, he lands 102 significant strikes, also a decision. So the majority of the fights that we've seen from Bracknell, even where he wins, he's not scoring all that well. And there's just not a lot of output there. I mean, you look at some of these fights for Bracknell, he had that fight, all right, 102 significant strikes against Khalil Roundtree. That's the only time he landed more than 74. So even in a win, I don't think Bracknell scores all that well. He's somebody who's pretty easy for me to write off this weekend. One other fight that I want to talk about before we move on is, or did I already hit on all of them that I wanted to talk about? Uh, Shannon Ross against, here it is. Shannon Ross against Jesus Aguilar. Uh, another one here where Shannon Ross, I really question the durability. So I think Aguilar probably finishes him either by knockout or submission. This, this fight is lined fairly close on the betting line. So I could see Ross being a popular underdog, but the durability is so concerning to me. Shannon Ross, Got knocked down and finished in less than a minute by Kletzen Rodriguez. Rodriguez uh, got the uh, quick win bonus in that fight. And then on the contender series, Vinicius Salvador, who does not have a ton of power, he knocked down Shannon Ross three times and finished him in the second round. So it's really difficult for me to trust Shannon Ross. But those are the highlights of all of the fights and what I'm going to be targeting building my DFS lineups around. But now, let's go and build a Rainmakers lineup. And Rainmakers, like I said, a little bit more straightforward this week than classic contests because we don't have to worry about any of these massive underdogs. We can just focus on some of the favorites. So first lineup I'm building here, I am going to throw Volk in the captain spot. And then let's just pick off some of the other big favorites. Jack Della Maddalena, could add him in. I'm going to have to have one more. I'll put Bo Nickel in this. I have to add one more elite card. I'll go with one of my Whitakers. I have a ton of Whitaker cards. Trying to sell a couple of them before the slate starts because this is one of these cards I've been really excited about for a long time. So as a result, I ended up buying literally like a thousand cards or something for this event. So ideally, maybe sell a few of them before it starts. But if not, I have a lot of exposure to fighters I like and I got them for less than market value. And then I guess I might as well finish this lineup out with a Tetsuro Tyra because Tyra also, massive favorite. I think is pretty safe to win. So I really like this lineup. Volk at the captain spot. Jack Della Maddalena, Bo Nickel, Robert Whitaker, Tetsuro Tyra. Let's lock it in. And if you guys want to play Rainmakers over on DraftKings, click the link below so they know that we're the ones who sent you guys and it's totally free to sign up and you get a free starters pack for PGA Rainmakers. And that's going to do it for me. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments section below or... If you're a Stochastic Plus Platinum member, you could leave me questions in our MMA Discord channel. Or if you're hanging out in our Chalkboard channel with questions about bets, hit me up in there. That's going to do it for me. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the card, and good luck. It's Chevy truck season. And with the Chevy Silverado, there's no such thing as an uphill battle. With the Chevy Silverado, you can take on the mountains, or you can move them. Because with impressive coin capability, an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen, and a choice of powerful engines to pick from. Whatever your mountain, there's a Silverado with the capability you need. Click to learn more. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.